and welcome to another edition of Teed Off with Kramer. As always, I'm Kramer Sansone. That is me behind this mic. Today, I want to talk about some professional wrestling. Yes, it's one of my hobbies. It's one of my things. I, one of the many things I like to do and watch. And a protested Major League Baseball game. We're going to go into deep, not a deep dive into the history, but we will take a, a splash to the history of protested games right here on Teed Off with Kramer. So TNT today released an update to All Elite Wrestling and how or when the promotion will run on which specific day. And we have found out it will begin on October 2nd, which that is a Wednesday. So that is a, a few months from now. But they're going to have a, one more show, which would be all out. So I'm assuming, we all, all uh, are assuming that that will be their last show until they have their weekly episodes on TNT. I'm going to play the audio version of the commercial, the two-minute-long commercial right now, here for you all. We want to set a new standard for all of pro wrestling. We have the best performers in the world. We're doing something very different. This is not a reckoning. This is a revolution. Starting October 2nd on TNT. So as always, I will be tuning into that and watching All Elite Wrestling. Because I'm a wrestling fan and most wrestling fans will watch wrestling. And that's just how things will work. But the only concern I have for this weekly episodic TV show is... Well, I'm assuming that they will have great matches week in and week out. But... Some guys may not have a, a schedule like that. This might be something new for him as like, I mean, you see Darby Allen, he was wrestling on Evolve. 
And I, I'm not 100% sure how Evolve works and how all that stuff goes. You even got a guy like Jungle Boy. Not sure how many times. Or Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus was on Ring of Honor, but we all know the tapings for Ring of Honor are in a, a month span, and then there's a break between hand. So I wonder how a weekly basis for these, for these. well, I mean, they're all indie guys, if that's what you want to quote-unquote classify them. Most of them come from New Japan. Most of them come from uh, just pretty much the indies around the states, around uh, around here, around the United States, I should say. As even when you have uh, Phoenix and Pentagon, those are guys that are uh, luchadors. Of course, they work with AAA. That's one of the good things that AEW is partnered with is AAA, so they can easily work with that. I mean, we haven't seen really MJF that much outside of what we've seen with AEW and a handful of indie events. But you also have guys like Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson. You also have John Moxley, which is Dean Ambrose. You also have Frank Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, which have been on a, been in the business for over 25 years. Chris Jericho, of course, he's, I mean, it's Chris Jericho. He's been in the business for over 30 years, close to 30 years. Then you have uh, Kenny Omega on there. Dustin Rhodes, which he was supposed to have a his retirement match against Cody, that wasn't what's supposed that didn't happen, and we'll see how long Dustin will actually be around in AEW. As the my only dark horse in this AEW thing is to see him outshine and do what he's supposed to do and do what people wanted him to do in WWE is the Perfect Ten. Sean Spears, if that's if he's still going by the Perfect Ten, I think he should. That's one of the most recognizable things coming out of WWE going to other places. Yeah, you want to have that little stick. You want to have that little uh, niche of what people remember you by. Kind of like with Rich Swan always comes out, does his little dancing thing. But I'm pretty sure he did that on the indies beforehand. But with Sean Spears doing his perfect 10, putting his 10 fingers up and like little flashing sensation. But I mean, then again, he's he's heel. As we saw that with uh, Double or Nothing. Was it Double or Nothing or was it... uh, it was one of the, I think I'm pretty sure it was double or nothing. And no, I don't think it was. I, I'm having, there's been so many AEW events that had been sold out so quickly. I'm getting kind of confused on which one it was, but he came out there, hit Cody Rhodes with the steel chair. And that, that that's history. That's what happened. Sean Spears is a person that I'm looking forward to. Uh, you also have guys that also worked in WWE as well. For a period of time with Trent, Trent Beretta, if you all know that, know him. And if Pac is the real deal and him coming, actually coming to AEW, he just he just dropped the Dragon Gate Championship. So he's pretty much not he's not signed a contract there yet, but at some point you would assume that he would. That's just me thinking, that's just me trying to make sure that there's some good more star power. Because that's what the that's what AEW needs is another. I, I don't know if it needs another person, but everybody wants. I'm, I'm going to say it. I actually want this to happen too, and it'd be very fun that if it did happen, a lot of the ratings would go off the roof. Especially going on TNT, which that's a that's more of a well known TV company rather than USA. Because I mean Turner owns it, and TNT was at one point on WWF side. It was it's on WCW side. Also, it was TNN. I I don't know. There's too many too many channel stations. Too many stations that WWE has been through. What was it that's uh, on uh, SmackDown? Was it with my TV? We had Sci-Fi for a little bit, which I didn't mind. Sci-Fi. We had the CW. 
and it seemed like Raw was just stuck on USA, but now SmackDown's on USA until SmackDown moves to Fox. It's like what? It's like I don't understand why. Why is it like a a little bit of SmackDown goes everywhere and anywhere? If any other SmackDown places that uh, have been on television, let me know. I know Hulu partners with WWE. They always put out their stuff on that. But enough of that for now. AEW bring in CM Punk. Bring in CM Punk. You need that extra star power, I think, to bring more of a ratings boost. Because there's already a lot of guys on there. If you go on YouTube, type in Joey Janela, you're going to get some funny, entertaining matches. Because I, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I like the comedy wrestling. I, I really do. When I when I, when or if I try to break into the business, that's what I want to do. I want to be a comedy wrestler because I, I don't want to be that guy that's like tries to make it to the top. So that's gonna be the guy that comes in. If I if I look at myself, I mean I'm six foot two. I, I weigh two oh five. I want to be that guy that's not at the top because I mean that's not for me. It's a hobby. Wrestling's a hobby. That's what I want it to be. But if it ends up being a job, which I don't want it to be, end up being a job because then I won't like it. Then that's when something needs to change. I just want to have fun and entertain people. Kind of like that's why I do a podcast. So hopefully I'm entertaining you while you listen. Because then if I'm not, then I'm not doing my my quote unquote, my desire to do. If you don't, if you don't enjoy this, I mean, hey, you still listened. You you actually heard this part of the podcast, which is actually kind of funny thinking about it. But AEW coming around the corner, October second. Please see him, Punk. Do us all wrestling fans a favor and show up, or just like, cause, I mean, you you've already went into a uh, what was something that was overseas. Pretty sure it was in the United Kingdom. But you came out and did the GTS. You were in a mask and you went away. I remember the last time you were in a mask, you had your head shaved. That was fun. Well, it probably wasn't fun for you, but you probably it was actually good because it changed your look up a little bit because you moved from the SES to the shaved head to the Nexus to the, the ring. In, like, well, before the Nexus, it was the, the booth, the commentating area, which very good commentator. If, if, if anything, join the commentating team at AEW. I'd, I'd listen to you. I'd listen to you talk. I'd do some TED Talks. I'll do that too. I'd listen to it. But with uh, what airtime should AEW have? Like on Wednesdays, I, I'd say about. I mean, of course, you want the prime time slot, so between seven and nine. That's that's typically what prime time is, or seven to ten. I, I would say do to eight o'clock, eight o'clock, eight to ten every single night. I would watch it. That's a. It's not like it's an extra hour for anything, but I think it works. I mean, it would suck for the people on the East Coast because the show would get over at eleven o'clock, but. People are going to stay up and watch it. If not, they can always rewatch it, like what I do. I I have wrestling that I want to watch, and I get sidetracked, and I'll have to go back. It might take me a few months to get to it, but I'll still go back and watch on On Demand. TNT has an On Demand page. You can watch all their shows on there, so why not? You can put All Elite Wrestling on that page so people can go back and watch it, so that you could, you would easily get your statistics from that way. We just go by a business standpoint by TNT. If you want to see what your, oh, say, hey, this one's the first episode uh, and put it on our on-demand page on TNT, well, so you can see the ratings. You can see the views easily on that because you're controlling it yourself. I know you don't control the entire rating system. It's uh, it's kind of a percentage the entire time. Because I think it's a percentage the entire time, but yeah. State of professional wrestling as a whole, this is a good time. This is a good time to be, if you're a wrestling fan, this is good for you. So this is uh, bringing back almost the wars. I mean, I know some people. I've listened to a lot of podcasts lately. Well, pretty much the Talk is Jericho podcast, 
where people would be like, oh, you're not being bullied, but they would wear their, like th- some of the wrestlers that are now today that you know and recognize, like name-wise, they like they would be bullied in school because they wore a, 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 a T-shirt that was like wrestling. Or even a buddy of mine, uh, he wore a T-shirt, yeah, he would try to, yeah, and he got bullied. It's, it's so, it's, it's dumb. Bullies, it, bullies are not cool. Bullies are not cool at all. But state of professional wrestling in a whole in general, indie, the indie scene is thriving. That's the independent scene, which, by the way, support independent wrestling. I know in Kansas City, that's that's where I'm from, we we have an independent promotion, KCXW. Support that. Why not? Go, go onto their Twitter, follow them. They have a Facebook page. Hit that like on there. But yeah, uh, state of professional wrestling in a whole, AEW, WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Ring of Honor's kind of fallen down a little bit. Support it. That's what it's there for. For entertainment. It's like it's a circus. Why not? Circuses are fun, except we don't have elephants. The Raw reunion ratings came in, and there was uh, 3.4 million viewers throughout the entire show, three hours. Which I thought they were. It was a boring three hours. Thank God I had baseball switching back on and forth of that. So three point four million viewers was a uh, was a constant. Also, some WWE news: Trish Stratus potentially fighting, possibly Charlotte Flair. That has been rumored around the rumor mill so far in WWE, and it'll be happening at SummerSlam. SummerSlam already has potentially close to twenty matches. I think that's under. It might be a little bit more. There might be 24 matches there on the card. It's going to be a long time, a long wrestling. You don't need that much wrestling. I know you want to try to get everybody on the card. But the pre-show matches are usually typically the best matches because, one, this is just in my thought, pre-show matches are the best because the crowd is fresh. They're coming in. They want to watch wrestling, which has perfect time to have that best match, which if you saw it Extreme Rules, I believe the best match of the night was Finn Balor versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And Shinsuke won the IC title. That was perfect. They had hit their moves perfectly. It was a, it was a crisp, clean match. The crowd was into it. Now, if you later on in the night, the crowd's already been there for four hours. They're not that. They're tired. They are almost burnt out of watching wrestling. Some are. Some aren't. Like the diehards, they're not. The kids probably fell asleep by then. The the most that's their target audience is the kids. That's going to change a lot and a a lot sooner. Because if you also want to talk about the changing of the times, so John Cena was in the WWE from early two thousands, early middle two thousands to I would say the late teens, the twenty teens. Because I mean we're still in twenty nineteen, so we're still in the teens. I can't remember the. Uh, it's probably 2017 is when he probably kind of like walked out, but he was at the top of his game. The kids loved him. That's their target audience. Was John Cena the the GI Joe action figures in the ring right now? John Cena, and that's the kids grew up now. Those kids were probably about seven or eight years old, and if they're still watching wrestling, say and about say that it was 2000, 2010, they were eight or nine years old. It's 2019. They're nineteen. They're seventeen and nineteen years old now, so they're older. And now they're getting that experience of, oh, this is still targeting the younger audience, but I've grew up watching this my entire time. Why is this? I mean, it's still wrestling, but why is it still targeted to the younger audience? Bring back the Attitude Era. Well, not bring it back, actually. 
bring a version back of it, but it's completely new. If that makes sense. Bring something back. I hope you're enjoying your time here on Teed Off with Kramer. And something fun happened. I wouldn't say fun for the Boston Red Sox. But something different happened in Major League Baseball. It hasn't happened in a while. I believe the last time this happened was in 2013 with the Oakland A's and Tampa Bay Rays. I think it was Tampa Bay Rays. Maybe it was the Rangers. I don't know. But a game was protested. Alex Cora, the the Boston Red Sox manager, protested, uh, protested the Rays game because of the late subs, and he called it a total mess. So let me read it to you what happened. Uh, read you the actual uh, article that was posted up on ESPN. So, confusion reigned in the Boston Red Sox-Tampa Bay Rays game Wednesday when the series of defensive changes prompted Boston manager Alex Cora to protest the game due to a placement of subs into Tampa Bay's lineup after the designated hitter was removed. As there was a, a switch, this is me um, ad-libbing it now, so there's a switch, so 15 minutes uh, as they were trying to figure everything out. As in the eighth inning, Rays reliever Adam uh, Cor- Korlek. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that name correctly. Replaced starter Charlie Morton and retired pinch hitter Sam Travis on a pop fly. The the left-handed pitcher then shifted to first base when the Rays manager Kevin Cash brought in reliever Chaz Rowe, who got a fly ball for um, Mookie Betts. Then Cora said as the Rays kept the DH when they made the the substitution. Okay, so that's probably one of the main reasons why he protested it. But, in my, and just because I'm a National League guy, so the pitchers always hit. I, I enjoy watching the pitchers hit because, I mean, it's baseball. They're, I mean, it's pretty much, well, now the way that it looks like in MLB, there's athletic guys playing. But back in the day, it was unathletic people playing. Yes, that's what that was a thing. Uh, baseball is not an athletic sport. It's a hand-eye coordination sport. That's how I, that's, that's why I enjoy it. I mean, I'm athletic enough, but still... Going back onto this topic, though, the DH, you can easily put a pitcher anywhere you want. It's not like you're removing the DH. But I can see on the instance for Alex Cora was you had the DH already, but you still kept your DH, but you just moved, you switched your pitcher around. You're like, you put Charlie Morton over at first base, and then, yeah. Well, no, that, uh, that reliever, Colex, put him at first base. But keep your DH because all you're, take, all you're doing is taking out your first baseman. So whoever the first baseman was, see you later. But if it was a DH situation, the pitcher would just go where the DH is, but that first baseman would still stay into the game. That's what I understand of it, and that's how I not make believe of it, but that's how I believe that's how it works. Maybe it was Alex Cora not understanding it that much, but maybe it was because of just a miscommunication as because they kept Austin Meadows in the game, that was DH at the time. But Travis Darno is the first base, played first base and caught today because Mike Zanino was taken out. So maybe it was just a because the way that it's read on on ESPN, like recap of the game, and it has uh, Korlek replacing Austin Meadows rather than the pitcher. I, I, I don't know. So, I mean, I can understand why you would want to protest this game, but they ended up losing still 3-2. to two. And I, 
I don't know. It's not like it was upheld or anything, but the Rays won through two. This could have been a, a potential inning that the Red Sox may have gotten back because they had, what, Rafael Devers the last out of the inning. We also had Mookie Betts in there. Uh, who was the first out of the inning? Sam Travis was the, the pinch hitter for it. So that was the that's what happened today, which is completely confusing. I mean, if you if you can tell by my voice, I I'm not fully aware of it or I'm like sure what the hell happened. But that but Alex Cora protested the game. Now let's go into five times MLB has had a protest upheld, and we'll start off with the we'll start off with the 1921 all the way back in the day on May 28th of 1921. The Pittsburgh Pirates were taking on the Cincinnati Reds. After an unagreeable call at home plate, Reds pitcher Dolph LeCue threw the ball into the Reds' dugout where someone then threw it out to center field where Levy Wingo, who was able to run down a Pirates base runner for an out. Needless to say, the Pirates protested the game, and it was restarted on June 30th of 1921, so that was uh, almost a month and two days away where the Pirates won 4-3. At the time, the protest was that Reds was 3-2, but still, the ball was thrown into a dugout, which that takes the, it out of play. That's for one. Two, you, even if the person threw the ball out in the center field where nobody was, was paying attention to it, that runner still goes to second base. Say, say the runner was going to first base, he was and the throw was over his head and went in the ba- dugout, runner gets awarded to base. Runner doesn't keep on running. That, that, that makes sense. He doesn't just keep on running, but still the Pirates won. On that one, that was an upheld one. Then let's go to August 25th of 1948. The Pittsburgh Pirates once again still in. The, the Pirates are just are, are a bunch of like bad people, I guess. I don't know. They they like to get into involved in protest games. But the Pittsburgh Pirates took on the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yes, the Brooklyn Dodgers. This was in 1948. We're after a Dodgers pitcher, Hank Beerum. I'm going to pronounce these names wrong. I'm completely sorry. Beerum relieved Carl Erske before allowing him to finish pitching to one batter in the ninth inning. Pirates manager Billy Meyer protested. It's a good thing he did. The Pirates defeated the Dodgers 12-11 during the restart game on September 21st of 1975. This game... Wow. Over... I'm going to say it's close to 30 years. It is on my math in my head right now. From 1948 to 1975, that's like, what, 23 years? No, 27 years? At this game, 27 years. I'm pretty sure the Dodgers were in in L.A. at the time. Wow. Now, wow, that's amazing. That is close to 30 years of a protested game. That's unbelievable. All right, so on September 22nd of 1954, Milwaukee Brewers took the Bulls. It's 1954, Kramer. The Brewers weren't around yet. The Milwaukee Braves took on the Cincinnati Reds. In the ninth inning, Cincinnati Red Bob Broski, Borkowski, Borkowski, it's Borkowski, swung at the wild pitch from Warren Spahn from a third strike, but ran to first base anyway. Milwaukee Braves third baseman Eddie Matthews throw to first base, struck Brokowski, and rolled into right field, making way for two runs to be scored. Umpires ruled one of the runs and out due to Brokowski's drawing an illegal throw. 
The Reds didn't like that, so they protested the game. Play resumed on September 24th of 1948, and the Milwaukee Braves went on to win 4-3. I'm pretty sure they have the dates wrong on this one. Uh, this is a CBS uh, Pittsburgh. That's why I'm getting all these Pittsburgh ones, because I'm on CBS Pittsburgh. Uh, the date's wrong. But Brokowski, so the throw was thrown over to first base, and it hit Brokowski. That's stupid. I'm glad the Braves won this one. I'm glad the Braves won that one. That, that, that was smart. May 15th of 1975, the Atlanta Braves took on the Montreal Expos during the fourth inning. The game was called after a one-hour rain delay. Braves manager Clyde King wasn't having it and protested that the umpires didn't test the field or wait long enough. King won the protest, and the game resumed on July 20th of 1975. Braves went on to defeat the Expos 5-4. I guess you could say the umpires forgot something. I mean, everybody, it's human. We're human. We're all human. We forget something. There's an error in all of us. We're not a computer where, I mean, if there's a malfunction or an error in a computer, and we just throw it out or whatever you want to do with the computer, but still. Yeah, they just forgot, it seemed like. And uh, the final one I'm going to read off to you, the St. Louis Cardinals took on the Pittsburgh Pirates on June 16th in 1986. The game was delayed 17 and 22 minutes by the sixth inning, and the officials decided to call the game naming St. Louis the victors of a 4-1 game. Even though the umpires were required to wait a full 30 minutes before calling the game, after a, pi- a Pirates successful protest, the game resumed on June 18th in 1986, so two days after, where the Cardinals won 4-2. So that protest really didn't matter. But that was... So rain delays kind of have the thing being upheld, all of that. I could see how rain delays, because postponed due to weather, some games might need to get played. But still, we had a protest game today against the uh, the Boston Red Sox and Tampa Bay Rays, where still the Boston Red Sox who protested the game lost three to two. It seems like the game, the teams who protest, really don't win the protest. I don't know because even if you want to go back to the Oakland A's one back in 2013, Bob Melvin protested. I don't know what the call was. Maybe it was an out at home or an out at first base. I don't know what it was. I don't remember. And they end up losing that protest. So, yeah, protests are a very rare thing to happen in Major League Baseball, if you are not aware of that. They are very, very rare. But that will do it here on my time here with Teed Off with Kramer, as I hope you enjoyed this next. This is, what, the third episode, I believe? Well, besides the introductory, this is the second full episode of me ranting and raving and doing whatever I want, because this is my podcast, and if you don't like that, share it to people because they might so yeah you can also follow me at crame underscore dog 18 on twitter you can also follow the actual twitter account for teed off with kramer as if you just go on at kramer network and i will follow you back i will follow you back yes you heard that you follow me i follow you that's how these things work so make sure you do that make sure you share this to your friends because that they need an alternative listener to Listen about wrestling. Listen about baseball. Listen about paranormal crap. Listen, I mean, it's not crap. That's fun. It's entertaining. Or listen about anything. I'm going to do some video games here pretty soon. I know for a fact. I want to talk about video games. I want to do my top tens of everything. I will do top tens of sports. All that, all of the above. I will do it here. If you send me questions, guess what? I'll answer them. Any question I get, I will answer. That's that's kind of it's my rule. 
but it has to be appropriate. I'm not going to do no like rated R type of stuff on here on my podcast. That sticks with me. But once again, thank you for listening to Teed Off with Kramer. <laughs>